Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. This show is brought to you by The Makery, the podcast network for makers. Guys. It's Monday. Welcome to Knife Talk. It's a podcast for knife makers, knife enthusiasts, DIYers, anyone who likes to put two and two together to make four. I'm Jeff Fader from Fader Knives. With me is Craig Lockwood of Chop Knives. Unfortunately, Mareko is out traveling, but we'll try to hold it down for him. This is a weekly knife-making podcast for all you motherfuckers out there who need a little bit of time to burn. Craig, (laughs) how the hell are you? I'm good. Let's bring on those Damascus questions. I'm ready. I'm ready. <laughs> I'm good. Today is the first day I've been feeling really bright. Um, last week, some of you probably noticed my voice was a bit all over the shop. My chest was playing up. Well, we've all had it. Every, everybody I know has had it. But today, yeah. everything's bright. Headaches are gone, and I've just been really positive, and I've got loads done. It's, it feels as if something's happening, you know? It's good. You sound, ex- you sound like you have a lot of spring in your step. A lot today, yeah. Yeah, and nothing's changed. I woke up and it's just like, oh, I'm feeling good. And, I mean, <laughs> it's raining, everything's grey, but it's yeah. not stopping me. It's not, it's not bringing me down today. All right. I love it. I love it. Have you been doing anything? I know there's been a lot of music stuff going on, but if, what's been going on in your world? Lots of, lots and lots of music stuff. So, um, <clears throat> excuse me. Um yeah, I can't, I can't really say at the moment, actually. I will be able to next week. But okay. there's been a mad dash to get stuff done because something happened last week and it presented a huge opportunity to us. And we're just like, oh, fuck, let's make it happen. So so that's what we're doing. Um, and yeah, it's, 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 it's been fun. So you're going to be like, you know, playing at uh, King Charles's bedside or? Not quite. Not quite. waiting room? That would send him off, wouldn't it? Too? <laughs> what? I don't mean to make light, but what happened to that fucking guy? I mean, well, his highness. <laughs> his highness, that fucking guy. <laughs> How dare you? Off with your head. Um, <clears throat> well, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't really listen to the news and such, but my wife told me about it yesterday. Um, and I'd imagine for them to say this, it's got to be pretty bad. So he's got because cancer, he, is basically yeah, what the story is. Yeah, so the prostate, apparently. And um, for them to announce that, I think it's got to be pretty bad. You know, a head of state, you know, announcing that they've got this this illness. They, they don't normally do that, you know? So I'm huh. thinking, and just even hearing earlier, Harry's on a plane over to come and see his dad. Oh, no. You know, and if he's coming over, Jesus, there's something going on. You know, this poor guy has been his whole life in the shadow of his mother. His mm. mother held on forever. Finally, gets the gets the keys to the car, mm. and the car don't yeah. start. Yeah, and this is, I this is yeah. <laughs> all of a sudden, all this time, you're yeah. waiting and waiting and waiting, and this is this great opportunity. And so he's like, I, so what? So I can eat? I can eat swans now? Well, no, your cholesterol's <laughs> too high. It's like, oh fuck, <laughs> <laughs> eat swans. Well, I shouldn't make jokes, but uh, obviously, you know, 
Look, well, I hope I, I you don't wish ill on anyone. On anyone, exactly, exactly. Yeah, yeah. You've so, got a, a, a terrible scratching happening every now and again. I, don't I know do. If it, it's, I don't know if it's a beard on a on a mic or whether it's oh, a cable. Sorry. Or... I won't. T- I don't have. I, I'm having a cord issue. I'll, I'll try to figure that out. No worries. No I worries. can go down. I can go down with the other podcasts who have audio audio issues so yes <laughs> yes you know? less said about that the better i think i did 40 minutes of a podcast last night didn't oh i wasn't even talking about you i wasn't even oh, talking right. about you sorry sorry <laughs> amateur hour definitely so what's been going on with you anyway it's been good we've been doing some new things in the shop i've been trying to uh do better reels i started doing these reels like two weeks ago where you know, the funny thing is, is trying to get more engagement and try to figuring out what to do. I used to do these longer reels and no one's watching. You, you look at the statistics, no one's watching them. And mm. you start to do more stuff that's like show people how to do things. And the only people who get anything out of it are the fucking criminal life makers <laughs> who just steal your shit. So, <laughs> yeah. like, I'm not getting any, like... I don't need, I mean, God bless the knife making community, but it's like, these motherfuckers are, are taken. <laughs> they ain't they, they helping me. So I started to do these, I did this on like uh, last year, I did this thing where I took all the ingredients and then I did this kind of edit where I threw it on the anvil and then it kind of took, you know, turned into an anvil. By the time it, Turned, got the anvil turned into what it was supposed to be, and I figured. I've out seen a few of them you've done now. Yes. Well, yeah, now yeah. I've done them two weeks in a row at one every day, hmm. and I've noticed my engagement is way better. And I was talking to Chris Zepp for a long time about it. He really likes them, and it's like I'm. It's like maximum juice, minimum squeeze. Yeah. So I'm not doing all these. I was fooling around with editing for a while, especially before Christmas, and I enjoyed doing it. But it was like all these vignettes and all this fucking stuff. It's just a it's not what I want to do. And now yeah. I found it's something. A, it's, that, and it's a lot of work too, isn't it? It's Let's a lot of work. So I yeah, figured yeah. out something that's a minimum work, maximum viewage, and I'm getting new viewers and I'm getting more nice. newer people, which is what I want. And I've been getting a lot of nice words from friends of ours, like Riley Kirkpatrick sent me a nice message and he does an awesome job on Instagram. And I've talked to Chris quite a while, a bit in regards to things I can do clean and stuff up. And it's been really good. And it, the, it's been good. And I'm trying to figure out if, if it doing one a day is a good idea or not. I'm, and um, it's been good. So I'm going to just good, go till Sunday and then I'll decide if I'm going to just like kind of lean back a little bit but it affect you know it definitely i could see a um i could see you know consistent posting and you know nothing too long uh, you know under 20 seconds you know yeah. and i've been getting nice numbers from not only uh the analytics from uh, instagram meta but good analytics from the from the business so, so people like, are heading off to your website then as well. Well, that's you know that's the interesting thing. I had this conversation with this young woman who may or may not uh, be working with us, and she was trying to figure out ways in which to grow our our social media. And I said, well, that's not really what I, I don't want people to. I don't need people to go to the social media. I need people to go mm-hmm. to the website. Social mm-hmm. media just happens to be one of those things that that's the vessel to get you there. So yeah. it's like you know I, I I'm trying to be more aggressive, especially in the beginning part of the year, because I want to really start fader knives strong i don't want to like you know i want i want a good strong start because you know you know there are parts of the year that it's not very good and yeah yeah but uh yeah it's been it's been um it's been fun and uh you know you know the weather's starting to change it's warming up a little bit so that's kind of nice too 
Good stuff. Good stuff. So how many copycats have you already seen doing this, throwing the throwing the ingredients? It's not copycat. I mean, no. look, listen, you know, the knife making community, they're great. But and it's like if you guys want to you do whatever they want, they're having a good time. I know. Uh, I know. Uh, Rainy, Rainy Day Forge is doing something and then Pickle Cutter did something and god bless them good luck listen I, my suggest my suggestion to everybody and this is to knife makers in general is go on your own path you know i think we get too involved everybody gets too involved with trends and well, this is working for him let me do you know people were ripping off alex Steele's youtube videos for years and jimmy's videos for years and mm-hmm. i i feel as though maybe there should be this degree of everyone being like okay you know fun is fun but let, let me be on my own path and be you know consistent for my customers instead of you know doing videos for other knife makers and just doing like a basically a circle jerk for the knife yeah. making community. <laughs> well, that's what it is. You know, it's just yeah, like no, you're right. You're you are. You know, right. it's like yeah, I don't yeah. do videos for. I, and now I don't do. You know, I did this one video where I did uh, one reel where I did uh, offset serrated serrations, and it was like, oh my god, so many people were asking me a million questions. I was just like, is this really what I want to be doing? I want to be teaching people. I don't. You want to come teach? I'll teach you. Come to class. It's fine, yeah. but it's not really what I'm going to do. And I forgot. I'm. Just, I. You know, I, I'm so. I kind of we're trying to do some more collaborations with our chefs and stuff like that and i just found i just did this assigned a deal but more or less did there's this local baker and he's a dynamite guy and his name's hudson ovens that's his his name's chase and he's got this uh, instagram is hudson ovens and he does this really cool thing basically he takes an armoire and he'll bring it somewhere in westchester county and plant it and fill it with bread and he'll have like a lockbox inside so it pays it pay much more what's, and then, what's an armoire like a like um like a, a where you put your fucking clothes, <laughs> you know, armoire. You know, armoire. armoire? Never like heard of an armoire before. A, it sounds French too, but I've never heard of it. It's like a, it's like a, a big cabinet for your clothing. Okay, you know, like a talk, wardrobe. What would you, a wardrobe. A wardrobe. He carries this old wardrobe, and you'll put okay. it somewhere. It could be up by the river in, in a river town. It could be in the woods, and then he'll post about it. About it. People show up. It's like a scavenger hunt, and then there's bread, wow. and then you, you pay what you want, and it's become a real big thing in, in Westchester, and he does a lot of great bread, and he just came to the shop, and we we're going to do a kind of a collaborate. It's the first time I've ever really kind of collaborated with uh, you know another company, and we're, he's going to have knives in his shop, and I really like him, and he's not too far from me, and it's a, kind of like a very organic collaboration as opposed to these some of these you know forced hostage situations. <laughs> Hmm. yeah yeah no it all sounds good all sounds good and yeah less of a time suck so you're not you're not there teaching people all right day, all well day. i mean all you know day. so it's good for him it's good for me you know the the reels have been good and uh, oh shout out to our friend dennis terrell and uh jared sandoval they have a new podcast out called triple t for knife makers this is their their good dennis is awesome guy jared's jared's face chemistry um and we wish them well we wish them well it's a it's a great opportunity to listen to something a little bit different from what we do. And uh, somebody yeah. asked me if I would uh, if I had any opinions, and I said, I, you know, it's like going to a new brand new restaurant. You don't go in and start reviewing after they just open up. I'm give them some time, and yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. But uh, if I were to say one thing, De- Dennis, you got <laughs> you have opinions, Dennis. Okay. <laughs> you just get closer. To your- well, this is a this is a podcasting thing, Dennis. Get closer to your microphone. When you're back out like this, like far out, it becomes more echoey. And this the same yeah. goes for you, Nick Tobin. Get your fucking ass next to that microphone on Work for a Podcast. 
you never know. But we've listened to Brian House. He he's had a number of different uh, co-hosts. He <laughs> cut some of them dorks loose. You never know. He'll fix <laughs> your microphone. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> He'll fix your microphone. Brian ain't afraid of change, my brother. <laughs> Just <laughs> as an aside, Jeff, whilst you're saying this, your microphone's crackling like hell. I don't know what's oh, going sorry. on. Sorry, <laughs> my bad. My bad. My bad. Let's have a quick word from one of our sponsors, and maybe you can fix that mic. Indulge in a sweet, salty European staple that's as unique as it is delicious with Miss Vicky's vagina lollies. Each lolly is intricately dipped deep to ensure a fresh floral flavor that is sure to delight your taste buds. Order now and use promo code KNIFETALK10 for 10% off your next purchase of Pussy Pops today. Flavors vary. Odor or discoloration may occur. May contain hair or lint. Not responsible for transmittable diseases. There you go. May contain hair or lint. There you May go. that be a warning to you all. There you go. Knife Talk 10. Make <laughs> make your friends. Th- I mean, honestly, guys. I mean, you're, you're, most of you guys are listening to you. All your friends are men. You don't want mint. You want to make sure they know that you, you know, you, sound, you, take, you, you smell a little bit different. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> So if you're in the car driving to work and you may have your wife beside you <laughs> and she's like, she's like, <coughs> she listens to this podcast all the time. She's like, yeah, what the hell is that? <laughs> none of my doing. Okay. What? Just to, just to be clear, none of my doing Kyle. All down to you. Shout you did out a good to job. Kyle Heath. Shout you out did a to good Kyle job. Heath. That was good. Can't get much better than that. Uh, shall we get on some questions? Let's do it. Okay. LCA knife works. Hey, y'all. At what point in a customer interaction do you charge your retainer down payment? I'm sick and tired of going through the whole spiel, uh, what pattern knife, what handle material, going back and forth, tweaking drawings, etc., sometimes for days, only for them to say, never mind, at the end of the interaction. At what point do you let your customer know that my time is worth something? Um, and he thanks. Uh, thank you all, and keep grinding. That's LCA a tough one. Works. It is, and I think if you're doing custom work, it's it's part of the job, isn't it? You know, it's, yeah, it's, it is a difficult one. And I think maybe if you if you set the stall at the beginning um, and say, look, I can give you, what I like to do with people, with and not just with knives, whenever you're sort of providing something that could be creative, give them maybe two or three options. You know, say maybe we could tweak a little bit, but, you know, these are your options. Um, and sort of spell it and almost tell them what they want. Um, but it, but it is difficult, particularly if you're going specifically if you're going down that that road and you put you put a fair few hours in. But it gets to the point where you need this to pay off, otherwise you're in the hole a bit. You know, it's difficult. So yeah, I'd, what, what 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 do you do, Jeff? Well, one of the tricky things, and we just had this recently, is when someone seems to think that you're like a Xerox machine, that they give you something that they want, and then you can just you magically do it. So then there's this like back and forth. I now we had a guy who wanted to wanted us to replicate a knife that he loves. And I said I can do my version of it and this is what it looks like. And part of the reason is is because you've also um LCA knife works is very, you know, you've done these you've done this before. You know what works for your knives. Like if you hmm. do something that is different than you normally do, they're kind of hoping there's no R and D involved. You don't, you don't, I made knives that just like some of the designs over time. It's just like, it doesn't work. So when you're, when you're doing something out of the shoot, that's completely different than what you normally do. I think it's, it, it can be, it can be a tricky mistake. I think right off the bat, the most important thing is to say upfront, here's how this works. 
And if you want to continue, this is what we do. When you start to do the whole, all right, I'll do a couple drawings, and I'll do a couple more drawings, do a couple more drawings, and then all of a sudden they're just like, yeah, I changed my mind, I don't want it anymore. Or, I mean, my wife got a car accident, and I was, she was listening to this podcast about pussy fucking mints, and it crashed the car. <laughs> <laughs> and then now, now the problem is, is I can't pay it anymore. Yeah, you gotta, well, she broke my arm because of the yeah, ad I was listening to. Yeah, she fucking punched yeah. me in the face, and I can't do it anymore because <laughs> Kyle Heath, it's all Kyle Heath's fault. I, I, my suggestion is, is don't let it get down that far. And I think I think that once again, a number, you know, I would say about when we first started this podcast, there was far more knife makers saying, oh, you never take deposits or you yeah. never take it up front. And it's like you hear it over and over in this vacuum chamber of other knife makers. And it's like there was no other business like that. Any kind of fabrication work, any a railing job or think about it like many kind of metal work is you you get a down payment and then there's a progress payment in construction you get a pro you don't you don't think they build a house and then then they get paid at the end and they'll work like hmm. that any <laughs> yeah. job any job where there's a customized ability sheet rockers sheet rockers my roof when i had to get my roof redone we had to give them a down pipe payment and we had payment at the end hmm. just you know set the rules up straight and i i wouldn't i would make i would be in a position of not letting you get that far one of the things i had to deal with with um when allison first started was i tried to explain to her we have to minimize the amount of emails in order to get the sales and a part of it it wasn't just because she wasn't being efficient but it's like we cannot draw people we cannot draw people down for months and then all of a sudden yeah. there being no payoff you have to understand that the best the best thing you can do is see this as a red flag that you yeah, notice later. That expectation's there anyway then as well. If you're sort of 10 emails in and there's no order, it could go on forever. You know, they think this is, this is just what you do. You know, funny um, enough is... I'm oh, sorry, you were saying? No, no, you're right. Yeah, I'm just fun, agreeing with you. Basically. Funny enough, we were saying, you know, uh, before Christmas, I did this bit saying, spot, you know, read off your red flags. And um, part of that was like... The whole idea is when you see a red flag, what that's supposed to do is that's supposed to trigger you to know that, okay, I know what to do the next time this happens. And that is the beginning stages of experience. Because, you know, as the, as they, as the expression says, you hit your head with a hammer 100,000 times and you're expecting the outcome to be different. That's the, that's the definition of insanity. And that's really, you have to see these things and realize, All right, I can't let this happen every, five every time a customer sends me a message. It's just... Yeah. ridiculous so i'm all for deposits frankly we do all in like we don't we don't do we rarely do if it's like a big set or something like that we'll do deposit but usually we you're all in once we figure out what you're going you're paying for the whole thing and then i'm making it so yeah and it, we don't have to hunt people down that's that's bullshit too and the, and the, you're doing the opposite now as well, really, aren't you? Getting stock on your site, so it's there. You buy, you get it. It has you know, been, it has been, it has been such a change because having stock, and now this is the first time we've had the most variety. Now, we, when we make knives, and we're not doing a signature series this year because, you know, last year was a bummer. Last year didn't take off the way we were hoping, and we just kind of cut it loose at the end of the year, and we're going to focus on having different things in stock of all the different things that we make. And now we can change up. I'm making this week we're making five chef knives and a couple of utility knives. Last week we did a pile of forks. Next thing we're gonna do so we're able to kind of be have variety. But I would highly suggest LCA is and to other knife makers listening to this is if you know what you do, don't start taking on shit that you don't know what you're you don't know about. Because it, mm. it becomes 
unless that's what you want. There's too much R&D, and then they don't really pay for the R&D, and maybe it's not the real, exact way they want. Yeah. Right. Yep. Makes sense. Makes sense. Okay. Um, do you want to take Cody Myers just after this little ad break? Knife Talk is sponsored by Even Heat, the manufacturers of the finest heat treat ovens available. To find your next oven, go to evenheat-kiln.com. All right. Cody Myers. Oh, if you want to send us a message or uh, feedback or, oh, we have listener feedback. We also have, we, we also have to get to, I had, because the Super Bowl is this week, this, this, this episode will be coming out on Monday. This, yeah. We're recording on Thursday, and I have Super Bowl predictions from some of our listeners so they can be studs if they're right or losers if so they're wrong. It's not this weekend. It's this weekend, weekend, but I have okay. their predictions for this, for this weekend. So go to Knife Talk Podcast on Instagram, and then you can interact with the show. Uh, Cody Meyer says, how do you feel about other makers asking you for prices on your work when they don't have the intentions of buying and have never spoken to you before? That's a good one. Good question. It's a good one, but... but- it's a strange question because we get the very similar question every week, really, of um, how much should I charge for this? And this is basically saying the same thing, isn't it? I've um, had I've had knife makers that would be very friendly, and then they've said to me, what's your pricing? And I'll give them a pricing, my, the pricing, and then they'll say, oh, I can charge more than that. You know? And it's like... <laughs> As if it's a flex. It's yeah. like, you know, I, I understand that people asking you questions as, like, some type of data you know yeah yeah it's i mean if if you put the the work in you could find out what people's prices are anyway surely you know as soon as they put them up online and that kind of thing but uh yeah i mean just don't be dicks isn't it you know don't be dicks but the problem the problem is is like i think that a lot of people in this in this new business it's for most people this is a new business they don't really have an idea. They don't really have an idea of their worth, and then they think of other guys. And if everybody starts to think about them in relationship to fucking Mareko, who can charge thousands for his work, you're cra- you're crazy. You know, it's like yeah, yeah. everything is is is. I, I know that when when Tony and I first started working on our pricing, we did not look at what other people are doing, and it was like, how much does this cost? How much is this going to cost us to do? what can we do? Where can we, you know, where can we trim the fat and stuff like that? And where is it going to be profitable for us? Yeah. How would it work for you? Because you're going to have a different circumstance to what, right. Yeah. And then speaking of which is we just, uh, at the beginning of the year, Tony and Allison said to me, some of the knives that we haven't sold, like the cosmic drift, we're going to discount and the uh, EDCs we're going to discount. How do you feel about it? I'm like, whatever go. I mean, it's here, ready to go. Let's send it out. Hmm. So, we made some discounts and some sales and it was based on the fact that they're just sitting there and we want to get them out and we want to get sales. And it's, I don't, we try not to nickel and dime everything we do. And it's more about sales in terms of our, how our business is running. So, yeah. Yeah. But it's a, it can be, it can be really, it can be real. There's a lot of times where knife makers, they ask questions and it's clearly for their own, interest and you can you can be helpful but at the same time it's like there is sometimes there's this weird expectation that you owe them something and that's when it gets fucking weird yeah so yeah. And we get a lot of that frankly and yeah you know and i think it's worth thinking specifically for this question as well that that the the value of something isn't necessarily um in line with the quality of something 
Um, there's so many factors to take into right. account. What you know, where you are, there may be a sort of a maker community, and people are used to buying from makers. Or you may live in an area where, you know, there's there's, there's no other makers, and it's it's not the done thing to, for people to do anyway. They'll just they'll just go to a supermarket or whatever. So you know, your pricing is going to be very different. Or conversely, again, you may be in an area where there's other makers, and you may be just there's just so much going on that it's difficult to to get your work out there as well. So. Yeah, it, it's that old answer of it depends, isn't it? And, it depends. And, and getting also getting business advice from other knife makers who are, generally speaking, not... I'm saying this respectfully, but, I mean, some of you guys are brain dead. <laughs> is that respectful? <laughs> is that disrespectful? <laughs> like I, it's not at all. I'll put myself in that category, but you're right. I mean, you're it's right, right, I, mean yeah. I hate to say it, but, I mean, I, I respectfully, some of you are brain dead. <laughs> I'm just joking around, but I would, I, I, I like, I like other, I mean, that's the reason why I have a business partner who's not in the knife game at all. And he's just a business guy. And it's interesting is cause I've had conversations with other business people who wanted to get involved with knife makers. I had one friend of mine who's a dynamite business guy who is in the uh, you know, kitchen utensil business, and he's just like, okay, so so not literally dynamite. He doesn't sell TNT. No, okay, that would okay. be good too. Right. Okay. But it, this guy is like, he knows all about you know the kitchen utility business, and he's like, I wanted to get involved with a couple knife makers, but they're not going to like what I have to say, <laughs> and they're not going to like what I what I have to say in terms of mm. what the expectations are in terms of them as you know as micro manufacturers of a product that we can try to make some money off of. Yeah. So I would, uh, yeah, just be aware of, you know, I don't ask another night makers for business questions. I'm, I'm fucking, te- <laughs> I'm terrible today. I apologize. Am I less really? cracky? Um, 90% of the time you're fine, but when you talk loud, it, it's okay. cracking up. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. sorry. Okay. JH Knife Shop. Uh, good morning, gentlemen. I primarily uh, sell through word of mouth on Facebook. I go to one show a year. Uh, and that's coming up in a few weeks. Assuming I sell a few knives at the show, I'd like to invest in the equipment to heat treat stainless steel. Right now, all I do is 1084 carbon. Um, I have an even heat kiln. I plan on buying a quench plates, um, heat treaters foil, and a liquid nitrogen tank. What advice would you give to someone on their first time heat treating stainless? What equipment and what am I forgetting? Uh, what type of stainless would you recommend? This is our. This is. And he says thanks, Jacob. This is our bread and butter right here. Craig, yeah, for I mean, we can handle you this. You and one. I can I handle mean, this one hundred percent. Who needs Morocco, I mean, eh? <laughs> I mean, don't talk about integral bolsters, but fine. What do you think, my brother? Um, I think you've got the equipment. You've got you've got an even heat. You're ninety percent of the way there. It's far easier and less daunting than you think. Um, you mentioned everything you need: uh, quench plates, uh, foil, um, and a tank. If you can do nitro as well um you're there you've got everything you need um just be methodical take your time you're working with some really high heats um get everything ready do a couple of practice runs on on cold stuff to make sure you know you've got everything at hand um you're there don't worry really don't worry um he says about uh what type of stainless would you recommend um i mean what what would you recommend as a first stainless there's a couple things that i would i would just have in mind number one is in terms of stainless 440c is is bomb proof it's it's super duper easy to heat treat uh i've recently started to really dial in the aebl not recently the past year and a half i love aebl 
I love AEBL because the heat treat's great. It holds great edge, and it it's not as wear resistant on the belts as 440C. 440C is a bitch. Um, the, the there's a couple things that I would I would just point out. One is I was talking to Spence over at Even Heat. The guys who do a lot of stainless steel, so you're 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 bringing your oven to a higher temperatures. Usually, you're in the 1950 degree area. The higher you go for longer periods of time, you have to be aware that your um, thermal coupler might go after a while, like a couple of years. Like I got a couple of years out. I, I changed my thermal couple. It's just like a, it's a super duper tiny little thing that goes through the top. Two wires, of your, drop it in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But with those high heats can also you have less, you have more wear on your thermal coupler than than if it was just going to fifteen hundred degrees. That's number one. Number two is have have more than two sets of plates. Um, I actually just got the rapid quench plate system from uh, Brian House, and it's really, really great. It's a, it's a, it's a clamping system, and then you route it out things so, so you can have your air directly going through one of the plates. The, he's, it's actually really, really, really cool for smaller knives. It's a dynamite, uh, dynamite tool. You got to have your air compressor. You got to have a good air compressor because you can't be doing multiple knives with you know you know like a tiny air compressor but you should have separate sets of plates and the reason why is why is because to do three if you let's say you had three sets one set of plate for four knives by the time the fourth knife gets in there your plates are are super duper hot and you're never gonna convert the austenite to martensite so i always have at least three to four different sets of plates to kind of cool down there are certain circuit. Uh, 440C doesn't necessarily need uh, cryo, and if you get uh, ni- uh, knife engineering by Laren Thomas, he will. He has all the ranges of how to heat treat stainless to make your life a lot easier. What do you think, Craig? Yeah, I mean, well, I've been using Sandvik stuff, um, and that's the only stainless I've really done. That's at the 12C27 and all that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, it's far easier than you'd ever imagine yeah. i mean you you just covered everything you need um but yeah as you say you are working with much much higher temperatures um so you've got sort of less wiggle room you need to you need to get that quenched as, as quickly as you can um so just make sure everything's at hand as say do a do a cold run just to make sure um and and you'll be good get plenty of plasters because if you're going to be using that foil you're going to be cutting yourself uh so get yourself some dharma steel because they'll send you plasters they know what it's like um but yeah it's just take your time there's i mean this you just mentioned uh dr laren's video uh, uh sorry book about temperatures uh but would actually come to the practicality of doing it there's plenty of really good videos online uh walter sorrell's got a really good one of just the actual practicality of how you you know the movements required um and yeah it's easy it's easy You'll be we fine. can go a little bit farther on stainless because we don't really do that much stainless talk um hmm. we i know craig and i i mean craig you use quench plates right or do you quench it all? yes quench plates so yes, yeah, yeah. you i would assume that when you're heat treating you're heat treating full thickness yes yes yeah i i probably don't only about two or three knives but i've ground them first um, simply because they, it was just always giving me issues. So yeah, just full thickness and yeah. That's that. That's what's interesting about the stainless is you you know. So the whole reason why people use foil pouches, there are a couple things. Uh, we'll do a little let's, let's do a little stainless talk. So you when you buy the foil, it's not like aluminum foil. It's special stainless steel foil. 
there's two different grades. One goes to a certain temperature and another one goes to a lower temperature. Usually yeah. the lower temperature is a little bit cheaper, but it's going to a temperature that's higher than the highest you're going to go. So like if you have a temperature that goes to 2000, if you have a foil that goes to 2000 degrees and it's, you know, an X amount of dollars, and then there's a foil that goes to 2,500 degrees, that's more, you're not going to go to 2,500 degrees. So why would you pay more for uh, a more expensive foil? So if you're only going to yeah. 1950, see what the rating is, and then that's, your, that's the foil for you. When you're heat treating different thicknesses of steel, eighth inch, you never have to worry about warping. It never warps. Uh, three thirty seconds. Sometimes you have to be very aware, and the hard part is about fixing warps when it's when they're when the stain when you're using stainless. Is with if it's in a foil pouch, it's hard. To, you can't really look down the barrel and see if it's if it's mm. um, straight or not. The one thing you have to do is you have to make sure that the steel before you heat treat, you have to make it straight going into the pouch. So if it's warped going into the pouch. There's a very good chance it's going to stay warped when it comes out of the quench. So I always straighten everything on the money. Um, I usually have a problem when I'm heat treating long 16th inch steel because there's, I feel like there's some like tension in the steel before I get it, if I get it water jet cut. And that kind of, the plates aren't going to guarantee you're going to be uh, straight. I think that's a misnomer. For eighth inch steel, like a lot of guys who do bushcraft stuff and they're using eighth inch steel, you never really see any warps on like a seven or eight inch knife. But like if you're doing a 15 inch blade and or 13 inches all day and a 16th inch, there's a good chance you're going to get it warped. So you also have to get to a point where you you take it to the quench, and then you get it below a certain temperature. You cut it out of the foil, pull it out of the foil, and then you can straighten it a little bit while it's warm, like under 700 degrees. Just like you would if you were straightening a carbon steel knife. So you just got to like, there are little things that you're just going to have to learn, but it sounds like he's got everything he really needs. Don't use yeah. his scissors. I mean, Don't use his scissors to cut the foil. That's bullshit. No. We've mentioned foil there, but there are certain compounds you can use as well to sort of paint right. on the blade. Uh, and the purpose of that is to make it inert so there's no there's no oxygen on the blade. Um, so I was really worried the first time I was using foil, um, reading stories of, well, there's going to be air in there, in there you know. And um, you see little tricks that people do, you know, little balls of tissue and so on, because when they get to a certain temperature, they'll ignite and they'll burn off any oxygen that are in the packet. Um, but I think when we spoke to Dr. Lauren Thomas, I, th I think he said it's... It's so little. There's nothing really to worry about. Um, but I used to love doing it anyway because you get these amazing patterns. Right. You get these like blues and these little explosions of pattern, um, which, which obviously you grind away anyway. But it's just it's a bit of fun for the day, you know. Um, but yeah, you don't have to use foil. You can use these uh, these these compounds. Um, I didn't have any. I've tried twice. Didn't have any success with them at all, and it's just messy. Um, so I found foil to be a lot cleaner. Um, but yeah, I, I think Jeff's got a really good tip about getting some sort of crimp in the edges as well. You 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 made a special well, tool, or you have a special for the, tool for that. For the foil, is like, I mean, if you start, if you use the scissors to cut stainless foil, I mean, you might as well just put your hand in a wood chipper. It's just like everything about it's bad. So what I started to do, because you just the worst cuts I've ever gotten, it's those cuts where they're so thin that it's like the ninja movies where the cut and then you don't see it. And then the fucking pineapple slips into, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. It's like, oh, yeah, yeah. it's like madness. 
So they're razors. They're just razors. Oh, You're playing with the just, razors. I mean, there's nothing, there's nothing sharper than a cutting foil. So what I started to do was when we cut foil, I mark it and then I get rolls of it. And then we'll use a, a, a straight edge, like a, a razor knife. And then we'll actually use the razor knife to cut it with we'll a straight edge. And then I'll use a razor knife. Don't start the cut with the razor knife, which you like the edge when you start the edge. Put the razor knife in, pierce like an eighth of an inch after the before before the before the edge and then that'll make sure that you don't pull because what happens is if your if your knife is dull it'll pull and it'll make a wrinkle and then you're fucked so you got yeah, to like yeah. you put put it in when you start to make the cut and then you you pull it you cut all the way through and then you come back and then you nip off that little eighth of an inch and then yeah. i got a uh there's um for painters there's this a stretcher tool and you have basically you have a stretcher a wooden stretcher and then you get canvas and then you have this thing it looks like a pliers but it's got a wide mouth and then it's for the job is so it you can pull the canvas and then you can staple it it's a wide it's very wide and it's they're great and i use that to to crimp over and then um uh do the pouches but uh, yeah, and, and the stainless is going up. The price of the stainless foil is going up. I'm getting, I'm starting to get from the same place, the same price, and uh, the rolls are sh smaller. So, you know, just be aware. And it's not cheap stuff either. Yeah. So. Yeah. 50, 50, 50, 50 feet of it for two feet by 50 feet was like 200 bucks, 190 mm. bucks, something like that. So, you know, it's. But Jacob, you've got everything you need. To, yeah, just take it slowly. You'll be fine. Um, and most importantly, you do have. Knife Talk is sponsored by Evenheat, the manufacturers of the finest heat treat ovens available. To find your next oven, go to evenheat-kiln.com. Last pro tip is when you're getting, if you're deciding to get your liquid nitrogen filled, you, when you get your doer, they'll only fill what it is. So if it's a 20 liter doer, you can't just say, all right, just give me 10 liters. They fill it to what it is. Start to befriend the liquid nitrogen guy because a lot of times they understand that by the time you get home, you're going to lose some of it and it's expensive in the United States. So befriend them and sometimes they'll, you know, you know, they only charge you for 15 or charge you for 10 liters when you have 20. And that's important is make friends, bring donuts to the fucking liquid nitrogen guy. Jade Curtis, uh, question, if I was going to name a style of knife and another make uses a same name, should I change mine? I'm also looking forward to seeing, I think that says Morocco, at the Hammerin and DMC. Um, and that's Jade Curtis. Um, so if I was going to make a style of knife and another make uses a same name, should I change mine? Y yeah. <laughs> Why, yeah, basically. Why would you want to sort of copy the same style of knife and have the same name i don't know why you'd want to it seems a bit strange yeah um yeah less confusion and less trouble down the line just just change names are tough uh, when you're you know the cool thing about the fun part about the probably one of the fun part about the knife making is to kind of creating the story behind the knife and part of that is naming it. you got to name it something you kind of want something that people recognize or they know like aaron goff is the resolute resolute mark three yeah. i mean that's you know that's badass um there are other people who may i try to name my i used to name my knives like the way i used to name sculpture because the name is important like that was one of the things i learned in art school from this sculptor of stephen ralph powell he used to say the names are as important as the work itself because 
it just it means you care and when you start to say untitled and stuff like that it just doesn't really it's just bullshit it's like it doesn't really you you get it you have to create a name for this thing so that's actually should be the most fun part about the whole thing Hmm. you know yeah i i used to love doing like videos for each night giving it its complete sort of personality So it'd have a name, and it would have this this one-off video. I still loved it, and I still just as much as making the knives in the whole thing. Um, but yeah, if somebody else is doing the same style with that name, just just keep away from it. And just it's naming anything is hard because it's almost as if like all the names have gone. You know, all the names are gone. I, you know, all the, you know, it's like. But I, in my mind, I think of people who have great names for knives, and uh, Tom Nugent's got the the chickpea and he's got these like names that are like they're they're great names for knives and you know i know ball man knife and tool has got the thicker clipper that you know, kind of rolls off the tongue and there's all sorts of say i i've i love naming knives and it, it gets I, it gets me a little bit crazy uh when i don't i try not to i try not to do something too basic but at the same time same time i try not to think too hard on it um yeah, if somebody's doing the same not name knife as you is, you might as well just like. I mean, like last week we had a, our conversation. The uh, Florida man forged was having problems with a guy mm. named Fort. It's either what are you going to do? You going to tell him to cut it out, or are you going to just be a little bit more uh, creative? Execute creativity. That's what I say. There we go. There we go. Okay, do you want to? Yes, the next? this is from Bayard Blit Knives. Bayard Knives. Question for Knife Talk. I'm setting up a new workshop that will have a small, separate, dirty room containing my grinder, drill press, and metal bandsaw. I have a portable dust extractor for when shanding, uh, shaping handles and a bucket of water for sparks when grinding steel. What's the best economical way to improve the air quality in that space? I've never isolated the dirty work into one room before, so I'm unsure how nasty it's going to be in there. Definitely looking forward to the rest of the workshop. Staying significantly less dusty. Thanks for all that you helped in the community, and thanks for the laughs. Uh, Aaron Bayard, Bayard Knives. So you can get the, the air scrubber things that you put up on the ceiling, um, and when you leave each evening, you know, run it for an hour, however, and it'll scrub the air for you. Um, but if you're having a particularly hard day, of doing your handles, for example, um, it can get it can get pretty bad. So do what I do and just spunk it all out the window. <laughs> <laughs> I know, yeah, fuck it out the window. Is this? That's he got a hole, an extractor fan that just dumps extractor fan and a hole and, <laughs> and I, spunk it out into the field. I, yeah. I always just imagine this one sheep that's just like covered in <laughs> covered in dust and shit and the coco bolo ram yeah. <laughs> that's the name of the podcast the coco bolo ram look at you the coco let's, bolo let's make a note ram. i love it the coco bolo ram the old there coco bolo ram oh baby yeah that's got a lot going on that that name people are gonna have a lot <laughs> to think about what this is all about but yeah. the, what do you do jeff do you have a confined area for your grinding or is it just part of your the biggest Once again, shop? my experience in all this is different. I've always considered this to be a metal shop. So I've been in metal shops where shit gets dirty and you got to clean it up. Yeah. So I don't get too hung up on that. Because we use a lot of G10, I have figured out ways in which to cut the dust down and using a tile saw for a wet saw for the G10 has changed my life because I'm not spraying dust around. I don't have to open the doors. Uh, I'm getting cleaner cuts. 
but I'm, the real thing is, is there's zero dust in the, in the, when you use a tile saw for G10. Not so yeah. much when you're grinding it, but if you're taking the maximum, you know, you're taking a big chunk of that dust out of the air. Uh, we have a ex- uh, uh, fact that I plug in when, there, when we're not using steel. I shoot steel straight into a bucket of water. Uh, it's just the way it works for me, and I use a respirator. Especially when I'm using, uh, when I'm we're grinding handles, I have the ext- and I also have an extractor fan to kind of, if it's a little too fumey, we turn that on too. So, I don't, I don't really like do the what is it the negative space <laughs> back yeah the positive air pressure and stuff yeah I yeah. mean you know I I mean I've done they're good they're good particularly in hot weather they metal work for thirty years. And like I've been down the road of, I mean, the black boogers are gone. I I used to come home and blow my nose in the in the shower, and it was like disaster area. But since I've kind of gotten older and a little bit wiser, I don't have that at, ever. I never have black boogs, so it's like um, I feel like I'm doing something right. Whoa, black boogers, bam, <laughs> oh, oh, black boogers, Coca-Bola ram. Oh. <laughs> black boogers and Coca-Bola ram. Black boogers and black boogers, Coca-Bola ram. <laughs> oh, Coca-Bola ram. Uh, right, let me tell everybody about TexasFarriersupply.com. Um, anything you need, um, they've got it all there, um, whether you're a bladesmith, a knife maker, or a farrier. Um, they've got separate areas of the store. Um, everything we mentioned, they've always got it there. But the, the most important thing that they do is the, the Rhino Wet by Indassa. Um, any sort of hand sanding that you do, make sure you're using Rhino Wet. Do yourself a favor. It's the only stuff that's worth using. Um, Indassa Rhino Wet is available at TexasFarrowSupply.com. If you use Knife Talk 10, you'll get 10% off the entire order. So whatever you put in your cart there, um, worth taking a look. Supply. Texas Ferry Supply also submitted their Super Bowl predictions. Yeah. Really? Oh, okay. Yeah. So who's who's playing? So, Taylor Swift and yeah, well, that's the joke. It's like it, th- this year has been so interesting. I followed football. I've been following sports. I've been having a really good time following sports. So hmm. uh, the the Kansas- what's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. City Chiefs 
are they're an awesome football team. This is their their but they're definitely Patrick Mahomes is a Hall of Fame. He will go down most likely if he keeps on the progression that he is better than Tom Brady, one of the best quarterbacks of all time. So, and his uh, wide receiver is Travis Kelsey, who has been dating Taylor Swift, and they are playing the 49ers with uh, Brock Purdy, uh, a young quarterback who is, you know, look, he's a great quarterback, and, you know, there's a lot of opportunities. They whip the sh- Sorry, B. Cone, but they beat the brakes off the Lions. The Lions were supposed to supposed to turn everything around, and they got their they got their ass whipped by the 49ers. So it's gonna be the 49ers and the um, and uh, the Chiefs. But the whole Taylor Swift thing has become so fascinating because she started dating Travis Kelsey. She went to every single game. So there's 16 weeks of, of football. Seven, but uh, seventeen weeks, and then there's playoffs and all this. She went to every goddamn game, every yeah. goddamn game, whilst on a world tour, all, and whilst whilst finishing another album, which she's just launched, which she's announced it, this week. As well. So a lot of Jeez. people felt like it was a a PR stunt because she, they were, the NFL loved it because all of a sudden you have these new fans, all these you know everyone's mm. making these jokes. He's like, I'm rooting for Taylor Swift's boyfriend's team. You know, it's like, you know, there's people are making T-shirts saying, you know, I, I, I'm rooting for Taylor Swift's boyfriend's team and stuff like that. And this yeah. is, and then, you know, the, the big thing in the beginning was people were mad because um, these women all of a sudden were showing interest in football and they were turning to their, turning to their boyfriends and saying, you know, Trev, you know, uh, uh, Taylor Swift really made Travis Kelsey. And the crazy thing is Travis Kelsey <laughs> is a, one of the best wide receivers of all time. He's going to go down in the Hall of Fame as one of the best wide receivers of all time. But all these guys are getting so <laughs> mad because these women are saying, you know, if it wasn't for Travis, if it wasn't for Taylor Swift, no one would know who Travis Kelsey was. <laughs> and these dudes are getting so fucking mad. They're throwing their wives out or their girlfriends, their wives out of the, don't watch football with me anymore. So it'll be, it'll be cool. It'll be, uh, It'll be neat. It'll be neat to see. I've been. What's your prediction then? Uh, I think I. I just cannot see. I cannot see the the Chiefs losing. I've been watching. I mean, Patrick Mahomes is the cool. Funny thing about Patrick Mahomes is. Do you ever watch that show? Um, what is it? You know, uh, uh, Danny McBride, the the comedian Danny McBride. It was like uh, down, no. uh, down and out, and something or other. He was like uh, he played this like a gym teacher with like a mullet, and he's he's uh, he's. Uh, his name, the comedian is Danny no, McBride. This guy sounds just like him, so it's just a, kind of like a Kermit the Frog situation. So I have uh, the Chiefs, Chiefs <laughs> winning. Probably like it's probably gonna, it's kind of like gonna be a high scoring game. I think it's probably gonna be like thirty. I'm gonna go thirty two for the Chiefs and probably like twenty six for the twenty six for the Forty ers So. Yes, that's pretty it's good, but it's yeah, gonna be high okay. scoring. I think this is gonna be a high scoring game, and and um, it's gonna be fun, and it's gonna be real fun. So, yeah. let's double down then. You said we've we've had uh, Texas Fire Supply that they, they they've made a prediction. Okay, let say? me hold on. Yeah, you got to put me on the spot. I, let me get find the. So I had a screen cap. It number number four is some of our listeners are uh, jokesters. A lot of our listeners, as I expected. Uh, had some jokes. I just need to uh, find his. His is in a different spot. I couldn't actually. So Texas Ferry Supply says, obviously the Cowboys are still going to win, right? That was his prediction. So congratulations, Texas Ferry Supply. The, the Cowboys suck again. They're not even close. They didn't even make it. So that's the Texas Ferry Supply's prediction. They're, he's rooting for the 
Cowboys. Cowboys are in it. Congratulations. Yeah, it wasn't even. I mean, it wasn't even funny. So. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I'm so we can do uh, listener feedback, or we can keep going. Whatever you want. Let, let's do it. Let's do some listener right. feedback. So once let's again, guys, uh, if you go to Knife Talk Podcast on Instagram, you can send us your listener feedback. You can send us ideas. This is a great one for um, Hubris Knife sh- Workshop. Every once in a while, we'll have a listener submit uh, a great bit. Uh, I know that Nice Handmade Knives has been like a monster, giving us great bit ideas for the listeners. This is a good one. This is from Hubris Workshop. Hubris Workshop. Hey, gents, I have an idea for a potential new bit. Shit lazy knife makers say. For instance, here's a quote. I'll fix that scratch in the next grit. That's a pretty good one. Or, or <laughs> yeah. I, don't need, uh, I don't need Parks 50. Canola oil is just as good. That's another good one. And my personal favorite yeah. is I always leave a few mistakes in my blade so the customer knows they're handmade. <laughs> any and always yeah. i don't want it to be too yeah. good yeah uh, wabi sabi i want it to look like wabi sabi and um and uh anyway uh thanks for um yeah oh yeah and all the ways in which to cope with cutting corners anyway as much uh anyway uh as always much appreciate the show keep up the good work signed connie lingus so so that is actually a pretty good bit. The bit would be send in your, if you're listening to this, send in the quotes that you hear all the time. Oh, it's almost like whenever you hear all the times, like knife makers don't make broken knives, they make shorter knives. That's it. That would be, mm-hmm. that would fit yeah, under yeah. that like yeah. horse shit, <laughs> that fucking bullshit expression. Do you, yeah. Trying to make a rainbow right, when it rains, right. basically. That's what I was yeah, trying so to do. Yeah. Sm- yeah Submitting yeah. for the lazy knife maker sayings. Not the lazy knife maker nice. sayings. Those knife, let's say knife maker sayings. It's not. It's not. Yeah. <laughs> you it, insult everybody. Not just. Not just the lazy way. Yeah. Okay, yeah. 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 Okay. So like. Uh, yeah. Oh, it, my dad was famous for saying it's good enough. That's good enough. And that, and then people mm-hmm. used to break his balls. He's like, oh yeah, Ben Fader, it's good. That's good enough. You know. Alpha, alpha job. JVB Knives Canada says maybe uh, here's another here's a beef. I want to send you a beef. I don't know if there's time. Uh, my beef is with people who bring a grocery bag of knives to get sharpened. All the knives in their flimsy bag. How am I supposed to give them back in the same flimsy ass bag? Hey, Rattling do you, around. Uh, and, yeah, do you ever yeah. get people send you knives to kind of like clean up? And you're always no, never. That's never ever happened to me. Once no. in a while, I'll no. get a somebody who wants something fixed, or like I just had a woman who broke the tip off of her knife, and I send them in a you know I make Kydex sheaths. Every one of my knives comes with Kydex sheaths, so I just assume that you can just wrap it in Kydex, you know, put it back in the Kydex sheath, wrap it up, and you know it shouldn't. When you're packing anything, it shouldn't rattle around the box. That's like you yeah, know yeah. that's the always a problem. So I'm always surprised at how things are sent to me. Usually, I've had recently a guy took two garbage bags, wrapped the knife in the garbage bag, and then stuffed it in the box. It's rattling around in there. I've had, I've had it all. I've seen it all. I've had it all. And it's like, there's no care whatsoever in regards to how it goes. And it's almost like this, like two grocery bags. Guy took this brown paper grocery bag, wrapped it in the grocery bag, wrapped another grocery bag, and then shoved it in an Amazon box. It was rattling around in that thing. and So... Jesus. I hate that. Crazy. Uh, yeah. But it's like when you go to other people's houses, though, and you see how they store their knives and how they treat their stuff. You just think, fucking Well, hell. like, 
it'll crazy. it'll generally speaking also be someone who's very nitpicky you know like somebody who's very like needs a lot of like white glove service and hmm. that's always to me just like you know when i send i also when i send our packages i'm not smushing it into a flat rate box or a box like i want when i get to the post office i want it to be clean and crisp and i want it to have no dents and i want it to look like it was like taken care of do you send a yeah, fucking yeah. the one thing you don't want is you don't want to start sending your work out like no offense years ago i was talking my my our old friend spicy mike remember spicy mike <laughs> yes spicy yes, mike yeah, god yeah. bless spicy mike i'm with you 100 spicy mike was nice enough to send me uh some hot sauce he, that's why he's spicy mike he makes hot sauce Fortune Fire Champion, fucking guy's a good dynamite gut dude. He sent it to me in an old, like a soda case, a case for soda. Like it was like, <laughs> like you take your 12 sodas out, rip you take up. your 12 yeah, yeah. sodas out, he just shoved it in the, so I, on the, on the porch, there's like a fucking Dr. Pepper case. And there's, and it's like, and it was like garbage stuff inside and then deep in the, in the bowels of this Dr. Pepper case was some, was some, was some hot sauce. So Badness. don't, Badness. that's not the best way to like, to, to send things. You know, I think you should be a little bit more, um, consider it but i'm with spicy mike man yeah. whatever he makes a badass hot sauce by the way yes yes he did send us all some of that i remember that do you yeah, remember how good, we ha- we started talking about spicy mike years ago you're talking about six years ago five years ago i remember i i can't remember the context but i remember giggling so yeah, yeah, hard you, <laughs> we, mike, we, spicy, I mentioned mike. spicy mike and you lost your goddamn shit it was hilarious <laughs> Reaper Manufacturing, our good friend Reaper Manufacturing, good do- dude, good dude. He says, hey guys, long time listener, first time caller. Uh, you asked for the most annoying noise in the shop recently. My shop is on my property and it's 10 feet from my neighbor's kid's window. Nothing drives me more nuts than hearing, hey neighbor, what are you doing? Every five minutes, all day long, all the time. <laughs> Earplugs go a long way. Uh, keep up the awesome work. I thought he was going to say, nothing is worse than the noise of a little kid going, make the noise stop, make the noise stop. <laughs> I, all I can think of is, this is probably not going to, you're not going to get this one, but there's a, there's a famous cartoon and TV show. It was called Dennis the Menace. And it was just, oh, I've okay, so I'm Dennis thinking it's like yeah. Dennis the Menace. That, that's a British thing, I think. Really? I'm pretty sure from the Beano, yes. Well, yeah, Dennis yeah, the Menace is this little dork with the, like, you know, like freckles and a, you know, goofy, hey, mister, what are you stripey doing? jumper. I'm picturing yeah, some yeah. fucking, uh, and he says, uh, keep up the awesome work, sincerely, <laughs> Wail Dowd. Jeez, uh, oh, jeez. News just in. News just in. Woo, woo. Uh, combat abrasives. Um, they've now changed their shipping policy, and $49 is now the, the, uh, the threshold for free shipping. Um, and they've said in honor of Valentine's Day on the email that's just come through. But uh, I don't know how romantic <laughs> that is. But anyway, $49 is now all you need to spend oh, to get free shipping from I Combat hate to Braces. be this guy, but they should have called it $69 if you really want to be romantic. Oh, I mean, for please. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you're going to be combat, I know you're not listening to this, but if you were, you should have done it at 69 That would have been more romantic. 
It would have, and yes. And I've got to say, I don't know. I don't know if they got somebody new on the team, but the email they've sent is oh. beautiful. I mean, most of the emails we get from these from these knife <laughs> these knife manufacturing companies, they're pretty oh. shitty. This looks beautiful. So Look yeah, well at done. You. It's a nice email. Look at you. Um, but but also remember, knife talk fifteen and get fifteen percent. Is it fifteen? Uh, yeah, knife talk 15, fifteen. Yeah, and you get fifteen percent off your order as well. So yeah, forty nine dollars is the new threshold for free shipping. And use Knife Talk 15 and get 15% off. Happy Valentine's Day. That's <laughs> can all I can you say. fucking imagine if you had <laughs> 69, you, pay, you buy $69 worth of abrasives and you get the Valentine's Day free shipping. That would have really yeah. been fucking. Guess, get some 200 quits for your wife. <laughs> <in>. Yeah. <laughs> oh, baby. Oh, baby. I, I, they still stick with us, ladies and germs. <laughs> they all sticking with us. They they're do. paying. So. Congratulations. <laughs> so we can keep going or we can go back to questions or whatever you want. You tell everybody all about your grinder and I'll, I'll look for some decent Guys, questions. Get the Broadbeck Ironworks grinder and I'm going to tell you why. It's an American made uh, business and they make great grinders and they have great attachments. It is meant to be very versatile, horizontal, vertical. They have awesome attachments, definitely lots of new attachments. They got their new rotary platen that they're working on. It looks great. The surface grinder attachment, their adjustable uh, work rest. They're figuring these things out. And what they're doing is also providing great customer service. You can call them up. You can contact them. Ben Seacrest has been amazing. Ryan, Vince, they are very accessible. And that's the most one of the most important parts. As a small business, you should be supporting other small businesses. And if you go to broadbackironworks.com, put in the promo code KNIFETALK10, you're going to get 10% off all the packages, all the accessories, all whatever they got. Uh, definitely worth it. Uh, I'm proud to be uh, involved with uh, Broadback. They've been great to me, and um, they'll be great to you. Broadback Ironworks. Nice one. Nice. Good question here from Paul Janzen. Um, he's a Kydex question. Um, is there any way to eliminate the small scratches that end up on the blade from repeated use? I've tried wrapping the blade up when I press the Kydex, and I clean the sheath after I'm done with any sanding on it. Um, am I missing something, or is it just part of it? I think that I think that we've covered this a little bit and Eric Markman sent a message and he says a lot of it is the hand sanding too. So um if you were to if you were to kind of when you finish your hand sanding and you go all the way up and then use Scotch Bright to kind of finish off and just really kind of clean up your, your you might have a better, you, there are a lot of scuffs every so often you'll get a scuff and it depends on the Kydex too. I've seen scuffs um, and actually, frankly, when I sell uh, any knife with the Baker Forge knives uh, with that beautiful, if I have a beautiful finish or, or a uh, Damascus knife, I won't send it with a Kydex sheath because I am worried about the scuffs because the, any anything that's, touches your steel is going to rub it there could be something in your sheath um there is a chance for there to be a scuff and that kind of isn't really great and but at the same time for me i really see my knives not i mean the uh you know stainless steel users as something that you know you're going to get scuffs you're going to get scuffs and usually they come off pretty easy i don't get any, i never get any deep scratches but sometimes you will see a scuff or something like that and it comes off pretty easy with like a little bit of scotch bright but i also there are i guess that there are types of kydex with uh with um 
uh, like velvet on the inside or some sort of kind of sh- mm, yeah. uh, like a, there's like a, a like coating. A coat yeah. I always get worried that your blade tip is going to rip it and then it's just going to turn into a fucking, you know, a mess in the inside. Um, and I also think that that stuff traps bacteria. Um, for, I don't really get too hung up on, on this. They're meant to be used. That's my, my opinion. That's not a very good answer, but I think that you could probably even get scuffs if you were using like a wooden saya. Like scuffs happen. Yeah. yeah. Anything where it comes into contact with something else. I mean, yeah, your knife is going to be harder material, obviously, than the Kydex or the wooden saya, but it's still going to, yeah, it's still going to scuff up a bit. Yeah. I notice it. And if you were to use a harder steel, you might get less of it. But, you know, that's kind of the part of it. Yeah. yeah. However, yeah. however, I will say my friend, uh, I said to me, uh, Knives by Nuge, I got a knife from him, and he uses like a DLC coating, and that doesn't seem to have a problem with the Kydex. Kydex doesn't really kind of affect it very much. So I would imagine, I would take a look at your coat. I would take a look at what you're doing. Maybe, maybe, maybe don't put, don't, I think that sometimes, especially if you're doing Kydex for like a chef knife, you don't have to have incredible retention. You don't have, you're just trying to cover it. So sometimes I back off a little bit when I'm doing the Kydex press because I feel like this isn't like for Rambo. This is just to make sure it doesn't cut somebody when it's. You're not doing handstands in the woods with them. Right. So maybe back off on the chef knife. So I don't know. Then maybe that's not the best answer, but I'm with you. MaritimeKnifeSupply.com. Let me tell you about them. Um, they've got everything you need. Uh, the one-stop shop for a knife maker. Steel blades, handle materials, tools. I'm sure they do Kydex as well. Uh, 4Gs, kilns, everything you need. They're the Canadian distributor for combat abrasives too. They also sell RhinoWet and RhinoStick. All the stuff that we mentioned. Uh, Lawrence will have it in stock. Go take a look. MaritimeKnifeSupply.com. They're Maritime Knife Supply on Instagram too. Definitely worth a follow. Um, they've always got deals on, and they've, they've always got their, their deal of buy 10 belts, and you get one free, so effectively getting your 10% off. Um, yeah, they're great. MaritimeKnifeSupply.com. Okay, let's just okay. do a couple more, and um, and then we'll think we'll maybe... Fuck, we'll uh, fuck around. Maybe going to an after show. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, um, where are we? Uh, do, 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 do. Mr. Thirsty Work has said... Hey, I don't know we've heard from them before. We, we have, there's Thirsty Work, work Industries so. too. There's a couple of Thirsties. Okay, okay. Hey, misters, I've got a grinder question for you. Is there any reason to be concerned about the temperature of your platen? Um, I tried to cool mine down with cold water when it gets too hot to touch. Is this necessary at all? Um, I wonder if he started with, hey, misters. He's answered the question with his very first two answers. Oh, hey, misters, yeah. His very first two words, hey, misters. Um... Yeah, well, yeah, this certainly is something to be concerned about, but it, it does happen, unfortunately. So all the, um, when you've got your belt traveling around your platen, it's going to generate heat. Um, and we all know heat isn't, you know, your best friend when it comes to grinding. You want to keep things as cool as possible. Um, so, yeah, the, there are products out there. You can get water-cooled platens. Um, you can get misters um, and all that kind of stuff. Um, but if you just take your time um, and plenty of, plenty of dipping in cold water for the blade um you you should be okay but you know if if you if you're jamming it right in there and you're hey, causing a lot of heat um <laughs> yeah and you're not you don't want to don't want to slow down <laughs> well yeah. yeah you're gonna you're gonna overheat your blade very Damn very right. simply uh very easily yeah so just yeah 
just take your time. Wow, that whole, that whole, your whole last two sentences were very uh, Valentine's Day oriented. Yeah, oh, yeah, really? yeah. What was that? Don't get it too, stick it in all the way, take your time, all that. You did a nice job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you don't want to overdo it. Yeah, the you work. know what I'm saying. Yeah. I think the real, yeah, yeah. I think a bigger issue with platins is when you're standing on one spot too much and you, you, you should start looking at your platins in regards to um, any dips in them. Like a consumable as well, because they're going to, yeah. It's consumable. Gonna and we've talked about yeah, this yeah. before, and I know that we at one point, Mareko opposed if there were a, like a carbide, tongue, uh, carbide platins. And people do have carbide plates. I was, a lot of people have messaged saying that there are carbide plates that will not wear. I am always amazed at how much better my belt finishes are when the platen is um, straight. I've I've used uh, once in a while in the past. I used to put those Pyrex plates. I used to JB weld them on. Then I put a couple bolts on the bottom, and then as a ledge, and then JB weld on the pla- on the Pyrex. I, I think those. Are, I think that's kind of a messy situation. Broadbeck sells replaceable platen plates like little plates that are already ready to go they're drilled they're che- it's cheaper than buying a little the, the same size piece of steel and drilling the holes yourself so you can actually get replaceable plates i've actually put some of my plates on a surface grinder just to kind of straighten it up and when it comes to we you know we have a lot of conversations about belt finish and how hard it is if you got something weird on your platen, it transfers over to your blade every time and if you have a very crispy yeah. clean platen um you will have a better a way better time grinding uh by a mile i don't really do the mistress because i just don't want water all over the place like it just doesn't i never really once in a while if i have to swap out and take the platen out i'll notice it's fucking hot as shit but i'm like i don't get too horned up about it um like craig says i dip the knife into the thing a lot and i don't get too worried about how hot it gets but i i'm i'm aware of when the platens need to be kind of flattened yeah and uh, yeah and use different areas of the platens so even if you're using a tool rest you can get articulating arms that the tool rest sits on so just you know bring it up and bring it bring it down a bit every now and again so you're not you know just putting all your wear on one area of the platen um but with regards to heat yeah the ideal is you don't get it too hot because you're just going to cause problems for yourself um when you're grinding with with hot tips that kind of stuff which, which, ooh, let's just do this Nathan Scott one. Um, Nathan yeah, Scott yeah. says, I'd love to know each of your perspectives regarding plateauing. I'm a self-taught hobbyist knife maker slash bladesmith for five years and now, and I've noticed that I have not been improving in my quality slash skills as much as the last year I had in, in previous four. What do you recommend to kickstart the growth again? Thanks for the knowledge and entertainment. So he feels hmm. like he's like going a little stagnant. It's an yeah. interesting one that I think when you first get into something, your interest is really high and you're, you're doing it as much as you can consuming as much around that as you can as well. So you're just learning you're just like a sponge. Um, and it's going to get to a point where all those basic skills you you've got. And the, the only way you're improving then is via yeah. repetition. By just keep doing it, and and you'll find that things will get better. But I, I can bet you, if you pull out a piece of work that you did a year ago and a piece of work you did today, that you'll see a huge difference. Even if, if even if you think you haven't, I'm pretty sure you would. 
Um, but if it is a case of maybe your interest is waning, um, try something new, try a different style and um, challenge yourself again. Um, and I'm pretty sure that, you know, if you're falling short, you'll soon get that feeling again where you want to be better and you're going to start feeling it again. Um, but I think, yeah, you're probably just at that stage where it's just repetition. And I can promise you, you, you what you're making is certainly going to be better than what it was last I, year. The strangest thing to me is the fact that there's so many people out there who don't want to, who are, are they're worried that they're going to be bored because they're doing the same thing over and over again. And it's like, uh, I need to be, you know, I'm feeling a certain way, uh, you know, I'm feeling like I'm plateauing or getting stagnant. When you, when you do something over and over again, you're, you're, you, the, the point of doing something over and over again is you're getting better and you're just, you're, you're, you're figuring out ways in which to be more efficient, even in the tiniest things. So I would see it as an opportunity to just, you know, uh, just tighten up and, 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 and that will transfer over into other projects. I, I'm, I'm a huge fan of making sure that the next one's going to be better. And, you know, even at the shop, sometimes something doesn't go a hundred percent right. We try to address it. I look at it. We, we talk about it and we try to make sure that it doesn't happen again. And I really try to make it very like methodical in terms of, you know, I don't want to be in the situation where we're having the same problem over and over again and and then we don't address it. Like, I think it's important to kind of like get these things down so they're almost second, everything becomes second nature. And there's like a beauty in that too, because it just makes your life better. So I, I don't know if plateauing is your, is, every day can't be, you know, doesn't, ha- every day doesn't have to be something new and exciting. So, so the, the exciting part can be just, you know, getting your fundamentals down better and better and better and then something will happen yeah yeah and it might not be the sort of knife making skills that you're improving on without realizing it may be you know the systems that you're using or you know how tidy your shop is or something else you know i'm sure that you know things are improving but it's just maybe not so immediate the other thing is is i think we have this strange sense of immediacy everything is so uh, with the the you know how the internet started and and people's attention spans and how they watch things and how they mm. social media and they see other things there's this strange expectation on on things happening immediately but the things that you yeah. really really love should should take a long time you you don't being naturally good at something is bullshit the people who work hard because they have to and they want to and they want to get better, those are the guys who are like really into it. You don't need to be naturally good at something. You, you, the best thing is to work hard and to, to, to make yourself good at it, and it's going to take a long time. I hate... I think everything seems, everything seems obtainable at the moment. It, yeah. And, and I'm, I'm, a, I'm a huge victim of this myself. Where you know we're we're just being bombarded with these these messages of everybody doing great and everybody you know on top of their game, um, but you know well, it's not true. We all know it's not true. Here's really. in your situation. In your situation, you know you didn't just start a band two. You didn't start playing the guitar two years ago, and now all of a sudden you're being you know mm-hmm. reviewed. The three five fives are being reviewed by Noel Gallagher. You've been playing instruments and writing songs for your whole life. Oh yeah, I, but since, I, I think yeah, that that's teens. I think yeah, that yeah. that's not you know I, people say to me how long you've been making knives, 
I can say 10 years, but I could also say I've been a metal worker for fucking 30. Mm. And it's, it's been working and it's up like to that. All yeah, these yeah, skills yeah. that you have, you have to kind of see those as part of what got you there. I hate the whole, well, how long have you been doing it? Oh, I've been doing it for how, but you've been doing other things too that kind of got you there. So I just, I think that somebody asked me what's the, I, I had to do an article with a food magazine about uh, knife sharpening. And somebody said, what's the learning curve on this? And I wrote back, the learning curve on everything is a lot. Just know that getting, uh, getting very good at something, it takes a long time. And it's like, you got to stop it with yeah. the, I, you know, your kitchen hacks. <laughs> you know, if you watch some fucking, you watch a fucking two second movie and next thing you know, you're, you're, you know, you're a fucking professional chef. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah. 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 <sighs> I, I see a lot of posts of, you know, how to fool your friends that you're great on piano by learning these, these, these three little riffs and things. You just think, but why you're just fooling your friend? You're fooling yourself. You know it's a it's a but weird there, thing. Isn't but there it? are there are there, the 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 problem is is there are always exceptions to the rule. There are some people who are extraordinarily exceptional that are able to kind of slip through the cracks, and it makes it seem like they're naturally gifted, and they become famous for being naturally gifted. You hear th- stories about these people, these actors who are just plucked out of obscurity and have become famous actors, and it was like they never went to acting school, they never played in plays, they just they just understood it from a those 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 types of people who are naturally gifted and become exceptionally good quickly there are anomalies and they really shouldn't be uh they really should not be you shouldn't compare yourself to these people who really have a natural gift that most people don't have yeah it's incredibly rare but it's more visible now i think that's the problem we, we see I'll keep more. saying it. I'll keep saying about this. Uh, the Knicks just as we the, before I got in, on here, I, I had all these things I want to talk about, but the Knicks just did this huge trade, and the, the Knicks are—I mean—they're just unbelievable right now. And the the main guy is this guy Jalen Brunson, who was shorter than everybody else. That means he wasn't naturally gifted to be tall and could be play. You know, their fucking basketball players are seven foot eight. They're naturally good. They don't have to jump mm-hmm. to put the fucking ball in the hoop. You know, yeah. so there's certain yeah. people with natural gifts, and this kid worked his fucking ass off since he was a child, and willed himself into. Now he's an, he's going to be uh, on the at the All Star game. He was he's he's renovated, changed the the face of the New York Knicks. He was just a dude who just practiced the fundamentals harder than everybody else, and it's like it took him his whole life to get in this position. And it's a, it's, that should be what you should be thinking about is like, it's going to take a long time. But, you know, funny thing enough is, Craig, is I'm older than you. And it's taken me fucking 45 years to realize that growing old is a gift in terms of your experience. Like now, I, I understand and I'm a little bit more accepting. So. You there? Okay. Okay. I'm there. I'm there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You can get quite deep there. Um, I want before we head off. Can you tell everybody about Dharma Steel? We mentioned them earlier in the show. How easy it is to use. Uh, but if you don't know what it is, it's a it's a stainless Damascus. Um, and just this week they launched the new pattern. Actually, so everybody head on over to dharmasteel.sc and see the beautiful new patterns that they've got. Um, it's just really nice stuff. They're great people too. Um, and if you want to make something special, Dharma Steel is is the stuff to use. And remember, if you use, oh, jeez, is it Knife, knife Talk, Talk 10? 10? 
you get 10% off your order as well. So set up an account with Dharma Steel, Knife Talk 10, get 10% off. And we've got some news coming soon about a new build along um, in partnership with Maritime Knife Supply too. So um, yeah, that's going to be interesting. All right. And what do you think? Yeah, Should we call do, it we day? Do, do the knife print or we do that? Can't remember. Um, okay. <laughs> Sorry. Nice <laughs> Sorry about that. But the... You want me to do it for you? <laughs> I'm thinking, guys. You do it. Listen, go on. Yes, yes. It's all you know. Sometimes the you're, sometimes your best isn't good enough. Sometimes you can do whatever it takes. And if you want to learn AutoCAD in an easy way, go to KnifePrint.com. It's a you don't have to download anything. You don't have to know anything. Fuck it out. Listen to the old man. It's not AutoCAD. What did I say? It's um. <laughs> AutoCAD is a program for I'm sorry, for you take it away. I fucking it's like talking to, it's talking it. to my grandma. Yeah, Get your, all you do is you... So it's on a, it's on a, com- it's on a computer. You get your donkey and you bring it to the well. <laughs> and the cocoa bowl around. If you want to do any sort of CAD, any sort of design on screen, um, and I think if you're designing knives, why wouldn't you uh, be able to save your knives and bring them back up, make slight edits, all that kind of thing? Um, knife print is the way to go, particularly if you've never done any card before. They make it super, super simple. There's no licensing. There's no programs to download. It's all done in a browser at knifeprint.com. Um, and they've got a really cool system where, obviously, you can print your designs out to paper, um, but you can print them out in steel too. So you press print, you ch- choose the stock that you want, and they'll laser jet them or they'll water jet cut them out, and, um, and they'll ship them to you. So great for prototyping, that kind of thing knifeprint.com it's the shits all right okay thank you all for listening we, call we, it got, we got some after show stuff to do we have okay. yeah exactly exactly stick around for the fun stuff this show is of course of course they're still here okay of course cool. listen this is this is coming out on monday and as of last night, or your last night, or last night from when you're listening to this, was the Super Bowl. So I gave the listeners the opportunity to be a winners or losers and predict, make their predictions for the Super Bowl so they can come in on Monday and say, I knew it was going to happen or I suck. So uh, go to Knife Talk Podcast Instagram. I, I usually do this for something something big. And, you know, we're, we're recording on Thursday and then the Super Bowl Sunday. My wife is excited. Very excited. We're, we cook some special food. We have to work on the menu. It's a big production. The Super Bowl is a lot of fun. So I am excited. How long does a game last? Uh, football game is like almost kind of, could be three to four hours. Yeah, yeah, really? yeah. Because oh, wow. it's wow. something like that. I think I watched a ton of football this 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 season. It was a lot of fun. Hmm. I still don't. I can't see what's happening. Kind of while it's happening, I need to be told it's too much going on. But I do enjoy the pageantry of it all. So, nice. Jake Norris fifty five says thirty four twenty eight Chiefs. So he got the Chiefs with thirty four points. Uh, Adele Knives says 49ers 24, Chiefs 18. Oh, he's going for he's going for San Francisco. Holt, all close scores, all, all sc- close uh, scores, kind of. Yeah, uh, Holton Handmade says 24 20, Chiefs. That's a tight score. Third Hill Custom says Taylor Swift 27, and the Taylor Hater Haters 24. So, Third Hill Customs thinks that the Chiefs are gonna win 27 24. Uh, Cole Rabby, Knife says, I thought the Super Bowl was like three months ago. That was his prediction. I did too. When you said it's the Super Bowl, I'm thinking, how many times a year well, they do Well, you know, the this? crazy Jeez. part is, is 
It's not the chef invitational. It comes around every <laughs> the crazy weeks. thing is, is like <laughs> uh, I was listening to a uh, this sports guy. His name is uh, Stephen A. Smith, and he's he's uh, he was saying that there's no other sports United States sports organization that has done more for sport than the NFL, where every single game is is like the Super Bowl is like pageantry. Um, no one's done a bit, mm-hmm. you know. So like 17 games, and then uh, and then watch them call. Uh, Fiery Ice and Forge says 28-33 San Francisco. BlackRock Forge says 24-14 for Kansas City. Uh, Wyoming Cody says Yankees by three goals to one stroke. That's some, that's some <laughs> nerd shit right there. That's fine. The Yankees will win this year. I'm looking forward to Yankee season. All right. Brigham Kendall says Chiefs by three. And here's a prop bet. You know what a prop bet is? Is like... People bet no, on yeah, side people bet on something that's nothing to do with the game. Uh, Chiefs by three, and Kelsey proposes to Taylor Swift after the game on the field. But I want the 49ers. So he that's that's there's a lot of bet. The, people will bet if it's if they flip the coin and it's heads or tails. They bet if yeah, what's yeah, the yeah. first uh, uh, chip commercial? Is it Doritos? Will Usher who's singing? Well, what would be the first song? It's like it's inc- it's an insane amount of betting. Um, yeah. <laughs> and then we, and what's your go-to oh, snacks? Dude, for a, a I, sport? I told you, um, this, I used to go to Super Bowl parties. The problem is it's on Sunday and it's like, it goes kind of late. So you don't really want to, especially if you have to work, it's not really great to go out. Wings are fucking good, but you don't want to eat wings at a party in front of other people. It's so fucking messy. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. usually chips and dip. Pizza's good, but once again, like, I don't want to go to someone's house and, like, be a Gavone with all this shit. You know, I don't want to, like, be a total fucking wreck. Um, but we'll, we have to, Hill and I are going to figure it out. We used to do cauliflower wings and we used to do, like, fucking tater uh, skins, potato skins with cheese. And we also, Hillary likes it when I do a whole big production, but at the same time, it's like, it's just the two of us now. So who knows? Haven't been doing yeah, any drinking, it's so it's like, which is actually doing pretty good for me. Um, so we won't be doing mm. any of that. Good stuff. I've I've lost a bit of weight oh, yeah? myself, actually. I've been, yeah, just um, just eating less. I've been because I've been feeling rough. I haven't right. wanted to eat, and and a few people have said, "Oh, it looks like you've lost a bit of weight." And so that sort of spurred me on a bit. Then you know, um, I still need to move more and get out more, but you know, time's a problem with that. Um, yeah. Yeah, but um, with regards to eating, I'm yeah, I'm, I'm doing pretty well. So and and enjoying it, seeing as a bit of a challenge. Yeah. Then you know, it was nothing intentional. But when, when somebody mentioned it, it was just like, oh, it's, well, thank you. It, so, losing oh. a little weight feels good. I tell you what, if you cut the sugar and yeah, the yeah. booze, is what you will. If you can cut the sugar, sugar and the booze out, it'll just it'll just drain off you. The weight will just come right off. So. Yeah. We've been really, yeah, I've yeah. been really focusing on trying to sleep. I, we had a part, we had a, we had a 50, my Hillary and I had a 50, somebody threw us a 50th birthday party and at a restaurant, a friend mm-hmm. of ours uh, had a, had a party at this restaurant and I just told Hillary, I'm like, you know what? You can have all the drinks you want. I'll drive home. I'm not going to drink anything. She's like, are you sure it's your party? I'm like, yeah, I'd just, just rather wake up in the morning and feel okay. And I was, I had one yeah, glass yeah. of wine and then I just drank seltzer water the rest of the night and I felt like a million bucks the next morning. I can't. Yeah. It feels good, doesn't handle. it? When you, when you get up the next I'm day, I'm fifty. Like, yes. I cannot handle a hangover. I can't do it. Yeah, it's just. Yes, yeah, it's, it's a three. It's a three day event for me now. Hangover. The thought of that. Yeah, the yeah. thought of that is just. I can't do it. I cannot do it. 
And then the dogs wake yeah. you up because they have to take a leak, and they uh, you don't get to sleep in. And uh, forget it, man. Forget it. Yeah, yeah. Well, be thankful you don't have little oh. ones. We've got a we've got a one year old going through the terrible oh twos at the God. moment. How's he doing? And, um, oh, it's hard work. <laughs> really hard work with him. He's uh. Yeah, a lot earlier than the girls did. He's all of a sudden he's no, and he's and he's hitting, hitting, and everybody goes to that sort of hitting. Yeah, and it's like, what can you do? You know, and it's just, oh man, temper tantrums at anything, really, absolutely anything. Oh yeah, hard, hard work, dude. You're not getting any younger. Yeah. I know, I'm too old for this shit. I, <laughs> I told Hillary, I was just like, you know, Craig and his wife, they have two yeah. like six year olds and two five two five year olds and one year olds. And how old is he? I was yeah, like, yeah. in his mid forties. She's like, oh fuck that. <laughs> My wife was like, she when we, after we had Lila, she really wanted us to have. We wanted it. She wanted another baby. And I think that there was a lot of mm. like you know that inner pang. And I we just came to the conclusion like I, we can't afford it. We can't afford. Yeah, we can't. We yeah. had to make a real decision to be like, we want to be able to provide for Lila in a manner that would be best for her and best for us as a family. Yeah. And we just could not financially afford another kid and it was hard for hillary for a long time and it wasn't like me saying i put my foot down but it was like a real like conversation we just be like in this situation we won't be able to save for college we won't be able it'd be harder for everything and and she agreed now she's just like thank god like i mean the thank thought god. of having yeah. a fucking <laughs> yeah, another yeah. kid in the house is madness yeah and just the the costs of everything lately as well is everything is just it's fucking scary we had an electricity bill like a monthly bill for our electricity and it was like 800 oh euros which is what eight eight hundred dollars yeah. basically for the month and it's just like what is that like, we can't do it we can't not heat like in yeah. kids bedrooms for example you know it's not where it's going out and just leaving heating on everywhere it's just it's just mad the like if, of, here's the here are so Basic Once living in a while, I can imagine maybe you and Amy decided, I don't want to, no one wants to cook. Let's go out for dinner tonight. We'll go, go to somewhere inexpensive. You know, you're not going for a big deal with the, with the kids. You take the three kids, you guys go to somewhere. What's the cost of dinner? Because I can tell you what, it, for Lila, when Lila was younger, we would go to a place. It, generally speaking, we're in uh, uh, Westchester, New York. I could always tell that dinner was going to be uh, around 80 bucks before tip. $80 before tip for the three of us. Yeah. Well, that's the one thing about France, actually. Particularly in the, I mean, in the winter, there's nowhere to go for us here. There's, we're miles away from anywhere, so we wouldn't bother. Uh, but in the summer, eating out is, is far cheaper than, than really? buying ingredients and really? cooking in. Oh, yeah. I mean, we can go out as a family. I mean, I know they're right. very little anyway. We can go out for a family and spend fifty euros and have oh three courses with, with for one. all the kids. Oh yeah, the, I mean the, eat, the, with the kids as well. Eating out is fifty is bucks. Incredibly, oh incredibly cheap. God. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. This must be. Yeah, that's yeah. unbelievable. Yeah, that's that, that's that's the one. That's the one thing that is, um, you know, cheap over here is eating out because that's that's the sort of way of living, you know. And you know, taking your kids out as well late at night. It's it's just. Everybody eats out in the summer. It's you know quite often we won't we won't cook for weeks on end in the summer. It's quite normal, um, and I think it's just the fact that they've got so many people out all the time that their costs are less, and they can make it more. When affordable. I said eighty bucks for three of us, I mean that I'm going to like a kind of a tavern place, but not like an expensive place, not an inexpensive place, but like yeah, yeah, middle of the yeah, road. Yeah. We're gonna have a, just kind yeah. of a nice family dinner without it being like you know nothing special. 
So yeah, even if we get sushi, yeah, if we got yeah. sushi, it was gonna, it's going to be about like 80, 90 bucks for the three of us. Yeah. Wow, 50 bucks for, for five wow. of you. That's crazy. Chicken, chicken fingers. Yeah, and- honestly, in the, yeah, <laughs> yeah, in the summer, we, we generally don't cook. Ah. You know, it's just because there's, there's, some, there's something going on everywhere. And, and it's, it's a weird thing, but restaurants here, they, they close in the winter. There's just nothing huh. here. Um, I think because we're quite a, a sort of touristy area, I suppose, that it's just so quieter in the winter. They don't bother. Um, but yeah, it's, yeah, it's an incredible value wow. in the summer. I can only imagine even, but you even, I'm thinking about when you're taking the kids to Disneyland, it's like, that's gotta be mm, fucking madness. That's crazy. That is crazy. Yeah. You know, you know, 30 euro hot dogs, yeah. you know, and you know, they're not even going to eat them. And it's just like, oh Jesus, that's like 150 euros. For you know something crazy? Dog. I have a, we have a, I have a friend who's, um, whose father is part of the recording Academy in the United States. And every year they go to the Grammys. They the Grammys were this past weekend, mm. and she went and yeah, got yeah. to watch it. It was amazing. And she posted about the fact that she and her dad got uh, both got a drink because I guess you couldn't get a drink in the the first the first half an hour of the show. They don't let you get a drink because they want to make sure the seats look, the seats look filled. They went to get two right. drinks, two doubles. You know, like a double. You know, let's say two vodka, vodka on the rocks doubles. Two yeah, drinks, yeah, hundred and nine dollars, yeah. <laughs> Can you imagine? She wrote a hundred and nine dollars for two doubles. Fucking wow, Grammy's six. got you, baby. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Look at that. Jesus, my God. Right, let's let's good. head out. Um, we're hour and a half in. We're giving people value for their money here. Um, thank you all for listening. We should be back next week with Moreco. I think let's he's back do it. next week, isn't he? And guys, listen to Triple T Triple T Knife Works with Dennis Terrell. Give them a look. And uh, I was just joking about uh, work for a podcast. Listen to that too. <laughs> <laughs> They're good guys. Right, we should speak to you again next week. Bye for now. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.